Hey everyone, I want to welcome you all to the very first episode of the Scouting Report, where we scout the details of character over the attributes of physicality. The Scouting Report is partnered with NAMI, the National Alliance of Mental Illness, an advocacy group for those diagnosed with mental illness and their families. We provide both education and support to those in need. We are dedicated to building better lives for millions of Americans affected by mental health conditions. Today's special guest, we have head varsity boys basketball coach of East Kentwood High School. 27 years of coaching and 27 years of making a difference. Not only in the game, but he has made a tremendous impact on my life as well. It takes a certain level of commitment, dedication, and love to accomplish the things that he's accomplished over the years. Let's get an inside look and hear it from the man himself. Let's welcome Coach Jeff Anima. How do you as a coach become aware whether or not your athlete is dealing with mental health? Oh, boy, that's a good question because when you start talking about the mental side of things, the longer you coach, the more you realize I think everybody knows it from the beginning that a lot of the game is mental and a lot of the aspects of the game is mental, but the more you coach, the more you think it really is. So being aware of kids' mental framework, state of mind, emotions, all of those things is it's a never-ending battle. So I think you, you're observing, you're testing, you're asking other people, you're checking with friends, you're asking assistance, you're trying to get people around you that would allow them to open up and share things that they're having or uh, anything mental issues, problems uh, that, that might come up. And through all of that constant awareness of the, the importance of the mental aspect, you're learning how to uh, address them, help them, assist them, support any way you can. And you know, at that age, whether that be a freshman all the way to a senior, when you think about those kids, those kids don't open up much as far as their personal life. How has it been for you? Are your athletes open with you when it comes to their personal life? No, I think in general, your first part of what you said there is true. They don't open up that much. I think there's always some kids that are pretty secure with who they are and they do open up, but that seems to be more the, except, the exception than the rule. Most kids kind of keep to themselves or a little bit more reserved. They have stuff going on, but they're not willing to share immediately. And sometimes through time, they get a little bit more open and through a better relationships, they tend to get more open. But I think in general, my experience is what you said, which is they, are, they tend to be less open. Mm -hmm. And, you know, looking uh, back when I was in high school and I played for you, we had a pretty good relationship. Um, I thought it was pretty strong. But knowing what I know now, going through what I've gone through as far as college and then the pros, looking back at who I was then, I wasn't mature at all. And a lot of these kids, they lack that. Not only the maturity, but they lack the direction they need in order to make it to that next level or build those relationships with their coaches the way they should. And I know before I even played for you, the coaches that I played for, it was hard opening up to them just because they had this one style of coaching. It was either aggressive, it was finger pointing style of coaching. Um, you couldn't make mistakes. And it's hard for an athlete at that age to be vulnerable. That's probably the biggest thing. Can I be vulnerable around you as a coach the pressure of the sport nowadays you know you can go from you know your peers teammates your coaches and a lot of the time it's the parents parents expect so much out of these athletes where pressure is kind of overwhelming to a kid who's immature 
um, and don't don't really understand how to handle their emotions, their thoughts around the game. So I guess my next question to you is, how do you implement a culture where vulnerability is accepted and I guess winning? I would guess that all coaches, parents everywhere, uh, since the beginning of sports have been challenged with how do I help kids with their maturity? Um, and I, I guess my initial thought to that is you accept them for where they are, <laughs> where, wherever they are maturity wise, whether that be very, very immature, not understanding anything kind of, you know, independent, selfish to themselves kind of thing, mature, thinking of other people first, really accepting of everything you're telling them on that spectrum everybody comes to you somewhere in there. And I think you just have to, as a coach, accept it first. And the kids need to know that you're accepting them for wherever they are. And I think sometimes when you get coaching for a long time, you see some coaches or you see some people just, they're just immature and they chalk it up to that and they leave them there. And that's kind of where they are mentally and go, they're not going to grow. Well, I don't think that's the case. I think everybody like, you, you know, you use an example of yourself where it like gives me goosebumps to hear you talk now about your awareness of where you were back then to where you are now. And I think all kids know they're going to grow up and be more mature, but they don't know it like you know it because you've done it and you can look back and you can go, I was here when I was in middle school. I was here in like early high school. Here's a middle high school, college, pro, every level you matured and you grew and everybody, that's one thing. And the other thing is everybody does it at a different pace. Like sometimes people have like a life altering occurrence or they hit rock bottom and all of a sudden they just climb out and mature like crazy. Other kids just kind of mature slowly and slowly, you know, kind of go at a, at, you know, on a good pace the, the whole time. And so I guess it comes back to accepting them for who they are. And then you just realize as a coach, you're in the business of trying to help kids mature. Or I think we used to say we're, we're in the business of boys to men. We're, we're helping them not be so focused on themselves and start to focus on other people because ultimately that's what maturity is, is concerning yourself with other people before yourself because that's what we have to do later on in life as parents and adults. Yeah, that's good. So uh, just kind of looking back on my experience with you as a coach, I never really experienced a coach like you. You definitely have a uh, different philosophy on your relationship with your players. For me, when I was playing for you, it was almost like a partnership. It wasn't a dictatorship. Do what I say or go. You know, it was let's figure this thing out together. And that's very respected. How do you utilize your power as a coach, but still maintain the respect you need in order to get your athletes to perform? I think that's hard for a lot of coaches because, you know, when things don't go their way, they automatically abuse their power and get disrespectful, which is common. So, you know, from my experience with you, I never witnessed you to abuse power. You're a humble coach. You're very competitive. You and I both, I think that's why we got along so well. How do you put those two together? How do you, how do you have power and maintain respect at the same time? That's a really good question. And it makes me think of what we just talked about with maturity. I don't think it always was that way. I think as a, when you first start coaching, you're like, man, I love the power of telling these guys what to do and it happens. And if somebody gets out of line, then I can punish them and get them back in line and blah, blah, blah. I think when you first start coaching, you do get a little bit smelling the roses of power and the authority that you have there. But I guess from a maturity standpoint, 
as you grow in time, or at least from my perspective, I really, it makes me feel unbelievably good to hear you say the things that you've said, because I've never had a player articulate it that well before. I've gotten to the point where, and this has been a big thing that Kentwood specifically has taught me, is I'm the coach. There's nobody else that's the coach. I have to call the shots. Bottom line, people can can get upset. They can be immature. They might not agree with decisions that they make, that I make. That's part of the business. Like you're gonna, as a coach, have all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. It's my reaction, which in younger days, less mature days would have been to throw my power around or throw my authority around and and combative and, and all of that stuff. And I did that at times. But as I went through time, I thought I didn't have to do any of that. And we would have still been at the same outcome in a be- probably in a better place relationship wise with people if I didn't do all that. Because mm-hmm. I'm a coach. I make the decisions. Yeah. I don't have to I don't have to have an ego about it, like you said, or I don't have to have a, a power thing about it, or I don't have to have like I don't have to be offended by decisions that kids that are in the maturity of their lives have. I don't have to be offended by that stuff because they everybody's on some spectrum level of maturity and that's the way it's been i think most people would argue since the beginning of sport but you know level of commitment level of interest level of coachability all of that stuff is on a spectrum somewhere and it's true that's a truth and i can look at that truth and fight it or i can fight it by saying i know this is going to be part of the battle and i'm not going to have an ego about it i'm just going to keep battling it because i'm the coach and the decisions end up resting with me anyways so People are going to get upset and that's just part of the deal. And as a coach, I just, I want people to see a leader that cares about them, that can keep their head cool under pressure. And I feel like you do some of those power things or the power trips, you end up not making good decisions. All those worry, ego, and I saw, I just need to try to stay calm and stay smart and uh, listen to people and appreciate where they're coming from and make good decisions. And some of them are going to be right. Some of them are going to be wrong. You just have to live with them and, and move on. Yeah. To kind of piggyback to what you said, that goes both ways. And I think people fail to realize that just as the coach is putting in the work, the athletes need to do the exact same. And I think that people are willing to make excuses when they're afraid to admit they haven't put in the work. During my college years, first year was decent. Then I went through some injuries and I went through a lot of just mental depression with my career. My mom, she got a divorce. My relationships were bad. And I just got into a horrible place as an athlete. And, you know, by my sophomore year, I ended up going to Canisius, which was a better situation. Like, I love Vincennes, don't get me wrong. The coaching was great. I don't think it was a right fit for me as far as the environment. So when I went to Canisius, I was still in that mind frame. I wasn't in the gym like I should have been. And, you know, I always turn back on, oh, it's it's the coaches. They don't They don't want me here or... It's the system. I don't fit here in this system. You know, it's the environment. Like there's so many excuses you can make as an athlete, but I can either become victim to the circumstance or I can rise above. It got to the point where I took the circumstance as a way to make me a better player, but more importantly, a better person. You know, in high school, I was just an athlete, right? I didn't think about anything else. You know that. I barely graduated high school. I was one tardy away from not graduating. So when I got to college, it was like, okay, let me improve who I am as a person. And once I did that, that's when my career started to grow. And I tell people this all the time. I didn't become a Division One athlete until the last eight to 10 games of my senior year in college. It's true, right? I was mentally immature and just not ready as a person. 
And I think that a lot of athletes need to understand this. It's rare that the coach is the reason why you're not having success, right? As an athlete, you are meant to adapt. You're, you're meant to make the adjustments necessary to win. The same as the coach. And I just don't like it when I hear parents make excuses for their athlete because it only hinders them. Yeah. You know, even the fans, I witnessed it at Olivet when I was coaching there. The parents and the fans, they would complain about calls. You know, even though they're in the stands, that has an impact on how the players respond on the court. And I noticed for like two weeks where the fans were just kind of obnoxiously making excuses, so did the players on the court. It resulted in certain violations of the league, and we fell short of goals we set for ourselves early in the year. It all fits with what we're talking about here is from the beginning of life when you're basically a young man, a boy, if you will, as a man, you start to grow up and realize we all know life isn't fair and things aren't fair, and you can live there in that mental state. It's just not a fun place to be, though. Like, everything's not fair. The coach isn't fair. This isn't fair. The system isn't fair. Or you can move to a point of, well, it's just a reality. Things aren't necessarily going to be fair. How can I make myself the best person I can be in this particular circumstances? Because coaches do the same thing. It's not fair. Why don't I have this great player? It's not fair. Why don't I, uh, why doesn't this kid ever listen to me? Or why, do, what do I, you know, everything's, or you can go, I just got to find another way to communicate with this kid. I got to find another way to, or, or how can I make the offense a little bit better for this particular kid? Because the stuff that's not fair, always going to be there. That's again, it's not going away. Everybody, and they're not wrong to think that you weren't wrong to think what you were thinking uh, growing up, but it just feels like you're more right in saying, yeah, life is going to happen the way it does, and I'm going to try to make myself better uh, in the circumstances that I'm in because I can, because I'm confident in myself, and I know I can do it. It's just kind of a proud moment to hear you, hear me, hear you say it. This is good. I appreciate this conversation. You know? Absolutely. Great. Last question here for you. So why are you still coaching? Um, <laughs> you know, what motivates you to coach? I, that is <laughs> – I asked myself that many, many times, <laughs> especially when I saw uh, my my check the other day and I thought, gosh, I am literally making about seven cents an hour. <laughs> and this is all this stuff that we're going through and blah, blah, blah. And, it, you know, it always comes back to one thing, you know, after 27 years of doing it and playing, you know, playing before that. It just comes back to that's who I am. I wake up in the morning and that's who I see myself as. I can't see myself doing anything else. I think that's the biggest reason why, whether I'm getting paid seven cents an hour or nothing, it's something that you don't survive as long as I have at a really competitive place in high school basketball without loving it and without um, just kind of identifying with it and trying to learn and grow and and continue to get better. And I guess that's the second reason is you constantly growing and coaching. You're constantly learning and listening. And, and every team is a little bit different. In high school, definitely different than college, for example, where I get the kids that come to my high school and I have to figure out how to make a team of them. And that doesn't mean I can always run the same exact defense, for example, the same offense or the same way. I've got to figure out how can I use the talents of the kids I have and and change where in college you can kind of recruit to what you want to do if you're if you're that kind of a, you know, if you have a system that you want to use. So I'm constantly tweaking the system and trying to figure out how can I take advantage of what my kids' talents are. And that that keeps it exciting 
exciting. It has its ups and downs for sure. Um, but I think that's that's another reason why it's who I am and it's uh, it's constantly looking to improve. And I guess when you're done improving, you're done. So I guess I'm not done yet. Cool. Now to another question to continue off of that last question. Looking through the lens now back onto the coach you was when you first started, what advice would you give that person or any other new and upcoming coach? I guess when I talk to new coaches now, because none of them seem to stick around very long, is the, um, I think we all coach because we love the game and you like the recognition of being the guy in the community or that school or whatever, but that stuff wears off really quickly when you have a losing season or you have a rough group of parents or you have a team that's not that fun to coach. And so I would say, well, first thing I would advise myself or young coaches is you just got to, and I have to do this to myself, you just got to stick with it. You got to keep with it. You were raised to be a hardworking person and to never give up. And that's kind of what you're trying to teach in basketball. I guess that's a, a big thought that persists in my mind all the time as, as far as giving advice to people is don't give up, be persistent. The second thing would be a little bit what we talked about earlier with the the decisions that you make, like put as much effort in as you can, make a decision, stick with it, and know that people are going to second guess that decision. Uh, people are going to second guess the stuff that you do. But if you did the best you could to make the best decision you can, you live with it, you learn, you hopefully they turn out well, and you move on. And, and, and again, go back to number one, which is stick with it and keep trying and never give up. John Wooden said it, or Don Meyer, one of my mentors, do the next right thing and you're probably doing okay nice well thank you coach i appreciate this conversation i'm sure other people will appreciate it definitely bringing awareness to different ways to coach and how to support your athletes in a different fashion so thank you i appreciate yeah, this is this. great i really appreciate you for doing this and having me thank you all for checking out the first episode of the scouting report please stay tuned and keep an eye out for future episodes if you or anyone else you know is struggling with their mental health, please visit our website at nami.org, N-A-M-I.org, or feel free to select the link in the description below.